Yesterday, we learned about Ezehu Hacham Aroeta Nolad. We went into detail to explain what does it mean that wisdom is by seeing the Nolad. We went yesterday into detail on that subject. We explained that, in short, the Yetzirah Tov, the sound of the Yetzirah Tov inside of us, is the sound of thinking before you make a decision. And what is the thinking? What's the process of thinking? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about the nolad. Nolad, we explain, means that which will be born from your decision. And not only to think about the nolad, but to see the nolad. The big difference, like we explained yesterday, when a person thinks about the consequences or is able to feel the consequences before they happen. As they're making decisions, they're able as if the consequences are already in front of them. That makes a wise person. A wise person is able to see the results of his decisions in the moment that he's doing whatever he's doing, whether it's for the good or not something not so good. You see already the results, the bigger hacham you are, the more ahead you're able to see the consequence of your actions. Yesterday, Jack gave a beautiful explanation. He's not here today. He said the word nolad, as we went through it yesterday, also means, we said nolad in the past. So he explained beautifully to be able to see that which was already born. Meaning when you did something, whatever the consequence is already here. It's not that which is coming in the future. You already could see the nolad. Your action already put something that exists. This is like we mentioned already a few times, applies in many different types of decisions. It applies to raising a child. When a parent spoils a child, they don't see the nolad as they're doing it. Actually, they might see that it's a great thing that they're doing. Seems that by giving the child everything that he wants and everything that he asks for, you're making him happy, he's satisfied, you could actually feel like a great parent. But in reality, if you are able to see the nolad, you're going to see that you're creating from now a weak person. You're creating a person who is unable to live life without their full needs and getting what they want always. One day they will get a job 
and they won't love the job. They don't love the work. And they will say, well, I'm going to leave my job now. But it's a good job. You just started. I don't not into it. When did that happen? When did this kid leave the job because he wasn't connecting to it? When did that happen? So you look at him, it happened when he was 20. Then it happened when he was two. When you gave him everything he wanted and he didn't know how to say no to anything, you trained him that in life, whatever you need, you're going to get. And everything in life has to be comfortable according to your request. That's what you already trained them. So when you see in the future the results, you have to know it was born way before that. But unfortunately, you didn't have either the time to think or the hafmah of the vision to be able to see what was coming up when a person doesn't learn Torah. So in the moment, they don't feel anything. If you don't teach your children Torah, for the moment, you don't see anything. That's one of the biggest deceptions with raising a child, is that the first 12 years, 11 years of their life, there's not much to see. No matter really how you raise the child, the first 12 years, they're more or less going to be okay. They're more or less going to listen to you when you really want them to listen to you. And they're more or less going to be respectful. And they're more or less doing safe things. The first 12 years of a child's life, 11 years, 10 years, are not years where you're able to see any kind of results. Very, very little results you'll see. Real results. The first 10, 11 years, 12 years of their life. But you should know that the major the major developments of their future already happened during these years, except that you don't see it. A wise person is already able to see the 10-year-old, a successful 20-year-old, a successful husband, a successful father, or vice versa. Because you could already understand from what they're doing now where, what's the nolad? What's going to come from that? The way they talk to their friends, the way they treat their parents, the way they react to things that are complicated, the way they take on challenges, the way they, they deal with disappointment. There are many, many signs that you could see on a young person that give you an understanding of themselves in a more mature world. Therefore, young children are the most important. People think they have a hard time raising teenagers. They're making a very big mistake. Raising teenagers is too late. The teenager is a product. He's a nolad. He's a nolad of the younger years, of the way you raise them. Again, Everybody's got free choice, including teenagers. So you never could guarantee anything when it comes to dealing with other people. The most essential years of a person's life is the younger years. Of course, they could always change. And of course, they can always choose right or wrong. 
But what we put in them, like Avi just said, when you plant a, 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 a tree or you plant a plant, the most important is the way you take care of it in the beginning. That's how you're going to see the results. That's called When a person learns Torah, they don't see effects right away. That's the way it works. If Hashem made it that you could see the results of your success immediately, there would be no free choice. If you would be able to see the great effects of a good hinuch, if, a, if you were able to see right away the results, nobody would make a mistake. There'd be no free choice. The way Hashem made the world is that success is a delayed reaction. You never see ever in your life, you never saw in your life a flower grow in front of your face. You never saw an apple grow in front of your face. You never saw any fruit in the world ever grow in front of your face. You just wake up one day and all of a sudden you see it there. Of course, you knew that it grew, but you don't see it. Hashem doesn't give us that ability for a reason. The way Hashem made growth in life is that it happens when you don't see. You must do all the effort ahead of time to make sure that when the growth comes that it's good. The way, the reason why Hashem did that is that if you would be able to see the positive or negative of our actions immediately so there'd be no free choice which person would not raise the child the best way if already at the time you're doing whatever you're doing you see the negative of course of course you wouldn't do that anymore Hashem gave us free choice and the way he made free choice works is that he gives the results of our investments over time it takes a little time to see either the success or the failure that you put in so therefore for as i was saying learning torah when a person learns torah they don't see anything in the immediate the learning of torah doesn't bring you the benefit immediately you don't feel it immediately but over time you start to realize all the results of your investment, especially, especially, and it's not limited, obviously, to this. Many benefits along the way, many, many benefits that affect literally every part of your life. But one of the benefits, clear, is when a person gets older. A person gets older, they hit the age of 60, 65, 70. That is not a shame they should live to 120. What happens when a person already, you know, he built his business already, hopefully by then he already has a home, maybe he has more than one home, and his children already grew up, hopefully they're married, and, uh, you know, like what else is he uh, looking forward to? You know, his whole life he was looking forward to making a lot of money, building a home, having children, raising children, Children get married. I mean, the person gets busy at some point. Life is not that busy. And there's not a lot of things that you get excited about. That's why today a lot of 60-year-olds are trying to live like they're 20. You ever see 60-year-olds act like they're 20-year-olds? There used to be a certain, uh, a certain pride of being an elder. 
was a certain responsibility a person felt. I'm older, I'm a father, I'm a grandpa. I have people that look up to me. Today, it's not like that. Today, you have a lot of people that really are trying to escape their older years. They're trying to make believe that they're still young and act the same way that young people do. One of the reasons is because they really have nothing to do in their life. They're bored. What, what would they do? They don't have any more the, 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 the uh, responsibilities that they used to have and therefore a lot of free time on the end. I mean, you can, you know, you can go out to eat a lot. You do a lot of things to distract yourself, but it gets a little boring after a while. But you should know that if a person learned Torah when they were younger, and they really know how to learn, the best years of their life is when they get older. They can't wait till they're in their 60. Can't wait. When you get 60, 65, and you have some more free time, and you know how to learn, you live in Gan Eden. Your learning is clear. A, your learning is coming off many years of preparation. You look forward to learn like never before. You love it. You could spend all day learning. You like you love it. He says, says David Melech, the word Yenubun means to continue to produce, to sprout. Says David Melech, when you keep producing fruits in your older age, many people when they get to a certain age, they stop producing. They're looking to relax. Retirement is one of the goals of the even the younger American. Even a young American today is looking forward to retirement. But retirement is actually a type of death. If it's not done with thought. Says David Melech, As you get older, you have to know There's no opportunity to produce that you didn't have before. All the Nuvun, there are fruits today when you get older that you could not have produced before. All the Nuvun Beseva. And then says David Amelech, Deshenim Vera'ananim Mihiyu. You will become Dashen. Dashen means fat, not fat with pounds, fat with accomplishments. Meaning, the accomplishments of a person who is seva, who is older, can actually be fatter than when he was younger. Why? Simple. When you were younger, you had so many responsibilities. You were traveling, you were going, you were doing, you were raising children. You didn't have the ability to produce as much as you would have liked because you didn't have the ability in the time. Your responsibilities were overwhelming. So you learned a half hour here, an hour there. You try to catch a thing. You did the best you can, but A, your time was limited and your mind was limited because your mind was dispersed a little bit in Hong Kong, a little bit in Europe, a little bit in, in the 
all over the place. You, you, your mind wasn't fully there. So therefore, you weren't able to produce as much. And also, you weren't as wise when you were younger. But when you become seva, when you hit the age of 50, 60, 65, 70, when you hit an age, now you're smarter and you have more time and you have less responsibility. So why is that good? So if you have nothing to do, all those good things I just mentioned become useless. You have extra time, but you have nothing to do with it. You have less responsibilities, but you're, then you're bored. And all of a sudden, your old years become a waste. Where in reality, says David Melech, your older years are supposed to make you fat. They're supposed to make you fatter in your accomplishments. You could learn so much better when you get older. You can accomplish more when you get older that you couldn't have done before. And not only will you become more accomplished, that's a hidush. Ra'ananim, the word ra'anan means fresh. Love that. You stay fresh. You ever take something out of the fridge and after a couple of hours or a couple of days, no longer fresh, it starts to get stale and then more stale and then more. At some point it rots and you got to throw it out. Says David Melech, that's what happens to humans as they get older. When humans get older, they start to get stale. But if you're producing, if you're using your time and your wisdom to produce more, not only will you accomplish more, but you'll become fresh. You will become a person who's constantly refreshed. I'll give you, I was saying, an example that I got to see live. Every day was my father, Allah Shalom. He will call him retired at the age of 60, maybe a little before, 57, 58. The man never woke up before later than 4.30 every day. 4.30, 5 maximum. I don't think later than 4.30. And he's learning from 5 a.m. till 12 a.m. He learned all day. And not... Not a worry in the world, not a thing. He just spent his time learning without anything else. He didn't really teach that much. He taught a little bit. But it was the best years of his life. The best years of his life were between 60 and 90. Those are usually not the best years, but those were very important years. And everybody has, Hashem has to give you years, Hashem has to give you health. The older years are supposed to be the most fruitful years. Not in the physical world. In the physical world, the most fruitful years are between 20 and 50. Those are the most fruitful years in the physical world. But in the spiritual world, which is the real world, the most fruitful years are after 50. That's when you really produce. But unfortunately, if you're not a hacham, if you're not a smart person and you don't see the nolad, so the first 50 years, you only focus 
on your physical existence. By the time you get older, your brain is so shot that you don't have neither the ability, the patience, the desire to learn. So you open a book and for all those reasons and more, you can't understand what you're reading. You can't understand how to think because you never did it before. And then those years, instead of being the most fruitful years of your life, end up being a struggle. You need to find things to keep yourself occupied. Where in reality, those years, if you were a hacham, you would have invested more in your younger years in the learning of Torah. Now, I'm just giving you one advantage of learning Torah when you're young. Of course, there's many more advantages besides the mitzvah of learning. There are many more advantages. But one of the advantages that we can't forget is this one too. That it gives you a longer life. Not only a longer life in years. It gives you orech yamim. Orech yamim doesn't mean long life. It means long days. It means your days have a lot more, more meaning to them. You're full. You have no time. Why is time? If you ask my father, I'm sure to go meet with you. There's no time. Why is time? What are you, you don't do anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm all day. I'm doing things. Every person who invests in his learning when they're young, He's going to be ro'et anolad. He's going to see in the future so much benefit from his learning. I'm just giving you examples of how ro'et anolad works. Yetzer Atov wants you to think about the results of your current investment. Yetzer Ara doesn't want you to think. And the Yetzer as long as he has you not thinking... By the way, that's one. That's probably today's biggest feature of his, the Yetzirah today, if you ask me. What is the Yetzirah of today? What's the biggest Yetzirah? I'm not sure what people will say, but I think it's very obvious. Today's Yetzirah is to make sure you don't think. And that's really what, he, what the Yetzirah of the generation is that there's no time to think. A person cannot sit alone for more than three seconds. And he always has someone to spend time with. He has a television. He has a phone. He has a computer. He has something. He will always be able to occupy his time. And therefore never have time to actually think about what he's doing. Most people today, it's not a product of thinking the wrong way. It's simply a product of not thinking at all. Today you have a generation even more than the ones that we grew up in. I'm not that much older than the new generation. But certainly there was more time to think when you were younger. Today, an average young man or young lady really never has the time to think. Never. They don't have the time to think. They always have something in their hand. In, that, that distracts them. Not many important things either. Besides the content. But the very fact that you don't think. Makes it a clear home run 
win for the Yetzirah. And that's why Torah learning today for your children and grandchildren in, today, in today's world, Torah learning is life or death. It's Hayim Ulavit. It wasn't that way when I grew up. It wasn't that way when you grew up. When I and you grew up, if we learned Torah, we would have been wiser. We would have been smarter. We would have been doing more mitzvot, yes. But if we didn't learn, we would still make it and still be able to have a decent life. Today, in this generation, it's kimat impossible. Unless the guy is antisocial, something's wrong with the kid. It's impossible for a kid today without Torah to have a really decent, good life. Because, simple, because there's no time to think about having good, decent decisions. The world is very, very quick and doesn't give you the ability to think. So unless you have a great family and, you know, the parents are on top of their kids and they give them the right example and the right ideas, maybe once in a while you get a kid like that, that could be, you could have. But in general, for the general society around us, if the kid's not learning, he's not thinking. In our time, even when you weren't learning, but once in a while you're thinking. Today it's not like that. And that's why Torah today is such a crucial part of the upbringing of a child. So again, that's The Yetzirah just wants you not to think. That's bottom line. When he gets you, when he gets you, when you're not thinking, it's only a matter of time when you have destruction in your life. You know, I once saw, this, I think it's a real historical story. One time Russia was in a dispute with Poland over a bordering town. A Polish town on the border with Russia by the name of Leipzig. And Russia started to get their army ready to come take over the town. Small town. The Polish prime minister of the time got up in front of his country and says, we're going to go to war. We're not letting Russia take over this small town. We're sending the army into this city to fight the powerful Russian army. So, he says the obvious question that people might ask, you're going to put the whole country at war for a small border town, Leipzig? Let them have it. What are you taking the entire country into war because they're going after the border town? Say so he says like this. He says, if when the Russians say they want Leipzig, they mean Leipzig, then I wouldn't fight. But I know when they say Leipzig, they mean Warsaw. And that we have to fight for. Which means that very often the Yetzirah will get you in a small battle. His goal is not the small battle. He has much bigger things ahead to bring you down. 
he goes to the 16-year-old and says, you know what? Why don't you take a sip of that? His goal isn't for you to have a sip of alcohol right now. That's not what he's looking for. He needs to put you in AA. He needs to put you in a much worse place. You need to be in rehab one day. But he can't get you in rehab one day unless you start. So ezehu hacham. Who is the hacham? Haro'et anulad. That knows that today's sip and today's friend and today's act is only a step away. The answer to that today is telling you, take a sip. If he only meant to take a sip, so he take a sip. But when he says take a sip, he's thinking rehab. He's thinking much worse than that. A person who has chokhmah, he's already seeing the rehab when he already is making the decisions today. But it seems so far away from that. Chokhmah allows you to see such a thing. I will end off by telling you the following. So I want to move on from this subject. Famous story that everybody knows. The story of Yosef and Paro. When Paro had dreams, he didn't know what they meant. He tried to find interpretations. He wasn't successful. Finally, Yosef met Paro and he gave him the interpretation. Paro was very happy, satisfied and pleased with the interpretation. He told him, you're going to have seven years of plenty, tremendous wealth to Egypt. Then there's going to be seven years of hunger. And uh, we all know the story. What's interesting in this story is that after he tells him, after Yosef tells Paro about what's coming up, so he tells him like this. He says, And now that I told you all this, Paro should find a wise person, a hacham, and he should put him in charge of Egypt. You got to find a wise person to, to, to take advantage of the interpretation that I just gave you. I just gave you a tremendous wealth. I gave you information. You can have seven years. But very, imagine today someone tells you that the next seven years, the stock market will be tremendous. And then after seven years, it'll be a big crash. And it's going to last for seven years. Imagine you had that information. That's, that's, that's huge. So he told him, I gave you the information. Now get a wise person to be able to administer all of the land of Egypt and all its wealth. So the obvious question is, why do you need a wise person for that? You need a wise person to interpret dreams. You need a wise person to give advice of how to take advantage of the dream. But do you need really a wise person to be in charge, to execute? To execute, get a person who's going to run the company. Who knows? Tell them the instructions. The seven years of plenty. We got to store all the extra grain, all the extra food that we have in storage. This way, the next seven years come, we're going to start selling. Give him the instructions. 
You need a person who's good in carrying out instruction. You don't need wisdom. What do you need a wise man to run the day-to-day operations of Egypt? The wisdom was already been done. You need to interpret the dreams. That needs wisdom. You need to take advantage of the dreams in making a system for Egypt to take advantage of the dream. You need to be a hacham for that too. But to actually run the day-to-day operation, does Yosef really have to run? Does a wise man need to run the day-to-day operations? You know already the plan. So the answer, I'm telling you, is very beautiful. And I hope we take advantage of it. You know, when a person is very hungry or very poor, the smallest amount of money, the smallest amount of food to a starving person is very, very precious. A person who is savaya, who's full and has plenty of food, you'll see them throwing out plates and pots of food without even feeling an ounce of pain. A person who's starving, the smallest food he can find, he'll grab even off the floor. That's the reality of life. That when you are starving, even the smallest amount of what you're starving from is so precious to you. If you're full, it just doesn't mean as much. For a person to take over the business of Egypt and to value the food during the seven years of plenty, to take advantage of each crumb, to live in the seven years of plenty as if it's the seven years of hunger, to take advantage of every morsel and grain as if you have nothing right now, that you need a hacham. You need hacham Someone who could live in the years of plenty, yet feel like they're in the years of hunger, and therefore take advantage. Make sure that no, no piece of food is left wasted, because he's already in the seven years of hunger. That you need a hukmah. A normal person, when they're in the years of plenty, they only see plenty. They can't imagine anything else but plenty. And therefore won't take full advantage of the resources because they think it's forever. So you need ish navon vehacham. Someone who could take full advantage of those years knowing that those years are limited. That's a beautiful piece of advice. But let me tell you something. It's not just for Yosef and for Mitzrayim. It's for us. In life as well, we have years of plenty. And we have years of hunger. Not in money necessarily. But there's years of plenty in time. And there's years of hunger in time. There's years of plenty in energy. And you have years of hunger and energy. A person 
who doesn't have much energy, wishes they had the energy they used to have. A person who's hungry wishes they had the power they used to have. One of the big keys to success is the chokhmah, that the opportunities you have today in front of you, the opportunities to either work for the community, the opportunities to build something, the opportunities to learn and put your energy into something, the opportunities you have when you're younger, you have to know these are the years of plenty. When a person is in those years, he thinks forever he can build, forever he can contribute, forever he can put the energy, and therefore doesn't take advantage of the opportunities that come their way. But if you're a hacham, you're already living in the years of hunger. You're already seeing yourself down the line that you can't do this anymore. How many opportunities do you have to build, to do? Not as much as you think, but you need chokhmah to be able to see that. By nature, we only see what's there. And when we see what's there, we say, oh, it's always going to be like this. The chokhmah is seeing the years of hunger during the years of plenty. And if you want the biggest example, which I'm leaving till the end, the years of hunger are the years when we leave this world. When we leave this world, we go to a different world. In that place, you can't learn one word. You can't choose new to learn. You can't choose to do mitzvot. You can't choose to give tzedakah. You can't give chesed. You can't do it. When you go to that world, you're only able to exist. The fruits that you made in this world, you can no longer upgrade. Those are years of hunger. The years of plenty, when you can utilize your opportunities and your time, is now the mitzvah that you could do today. You can't do later on. Take advantage of it. Every dollar that you give, you have extra money. This is the time to be able to distribute it. I got tremendous hezuk. Rabban Yara, I think you'll love this one. I'm sure you'll love it. Someone told me yesterday, he works for somebody. Not going to say what it is right now. He works for somebody. Regular Jewish guy. He's a wealthy man. He decided, he's a young man, not, not older. He has young kids still. He decided he has so much money that he gave 80% of his money to charity. 80%. He gave over $80 million to charity. He says, I don't need to give my children hundreds. Let them work. I'm going to leave them some money. want them to work. But now I have something here that I could leave my legacy. Imagine that. What a, what a, what a hezuk. People talk about 10%, 20%. That's for normal people who need to live day to day from their bank account. But a person who is blessed with hundreds of millions of dollars, that's not 10, 20%. Because it comes a time in your life when that money expires and those are the years of hunger when you wish you could have given the money to be able to produce something with it. Meanwhile, when you had the years of fullness, you weren't taking advantage 
of the money that God gave you. Okay, gentlemen, have a great day.